1: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
2: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we are talking about sextortion and the issues this brings about on our kids. Joining me today is Maria Peek. She is a director and producer of the documentary, Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic, and also her husband, Stephen Peek, who is a producer and a cinematographer of this documentary. So welcome to the show.
3: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you so much.
2: I know most people have heard of sex trafficking, human trafficking. And sex can lead to human trafficking, but one thing that I learned in my research is that sex extortion is 1000 times more prevalent than human trafficking in our children. So maybe you can start with what is sex extortion.
3: Sex is a crime when an online predator targets a child Befriends them on social media. Usually they pretend to be around the age of the child. If you know the girl is 12, they would pretend to be 14. If the boy is 14, 15, they will pretend to be a little bit older. They befriend them, they become friends on social media. Uh, they express romantic interest in them, ask them for a compromising photo. A child often sends one photo, it could be, you know, a topless photo or a bikini photo. And whatever is most embarrassing to them is what the predator will use to turn on them. And then they say, you know, I have this photo of you now, now basically you need to send me more or you need to send me money to make this photo go away. Child doesn't know what to do and they feel caught. They don't know they're not the only one. So they either cave in into sending more images or into sending money. And this extortion continues And usually it only stops when a child tells a trusted adult or a police or a predator is arrested and identified.
2: Wow. If sending a photo is embarrassing or they're sending the most embarrassing photo, how do they get talked into it in these chats? Since they're not meeting usually face to face, how does someone convince a child to send them pictures?
3: They usually pretend to be, you know, interested in them as a boyfriend and girlfriend type thing. They flatter them. They're really good at what they do. The predators are, they pretend to be kids. They know how to talk like kids. So, you know, a girl who's 13, she thinks she's talking to a 14 year old boy or the girl who's 12. She thinks she's talking to, you know, a boy her age. And sometimes they express romantic interest and they flatter them and say, you're so beautiful. I would like to see more and oftentimes a child is just caressed into sending that photo and then they later regret it. They don't know, you know, they can't get it back. And the younger kids don't even have the full comprehension. They might be told, you know, if you send me this photo, I will buy these things on the video game, you know, whatever the gadgets inside the game you want to play with and you don't have them, I will buy that for you if you send me the photo. And they don't even understand what the photo is for. They just do it because they want to buy those gadgets that whatever the next level of the video game that they are playing. So it's uh, unfortunately happens very, very often. It's now estimated one in four American children are targeted for sextortion online.
2: That is a one in four children. So I live in Utah, which the prevalent religion here is Latter day Saints, and most of them have a large number of children. So if you have four kids or six kids, at least one of your children, it sounds like, most likely will be targeted for sex extortion. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. And Heather, I think what you mentioned earlier is that, you know, we realized, because Maria and myself are parents to preteen and teenage girls. Um, And two years ago, we didn't even know there was such a thing as sextortion. But through our research and making this movie, we've actually come to realize that this is the fastest growing crime online that nobody knows about. Because as you mentioned uh in the introduction, that. Most people know what sex trafficking is, but they've never heard of sex tortion or online enticement. And it is 1000X. There's 80,000 cases a day uh, reported to the Cyber Tip Line at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, we found 50 or 60 documentaries on trafficking and nothing on this. And so that was really the why our girls uh, and knowing that this was such an under under misunderstood crime by parents all over the country. We thought we've got to make a movie. We've got to bring this awareness to parents and teens across the country.
2: Wait, I need to go back to, you just threw out a number there, 80,000 reports a day of sextortion. And we already talked about so many kids don't say anything. So how many more, if 80,000 reports a day are being taken, how many more are not being taken?
1: The case that the film highlights, there was one girl who reported and they found 200 victims. Uh, We just finished up a 20 city tour um, and Paul Walpert from Homeland Security, who's in the film, was currently, you know, is currently working a case right now uh, where, again, one child uh, reported and he found another 300 victims. So if you start doing the math, it's kind of insane. Um, you know, the, the cyber tip line got 16 million reports in 2019. That jumped up to 21 million reports in 2020, 29 million reports in 2021. And they're talking about, probably hitting 30 million this year. So it's the numbers are skyrocketing. um, And so that's why this film is, you know, critical for parents to understand what can happen online so that we can try to get these numbers moving in the other direction.
2: Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I do want to go into the, some of the details of your documentary, but I really feel like parents and not just parents, anybody who cares about our society and our kids, I am trying to wrap my head around this. I have done other episodes on sex trafficking, and it is an $8 billion a year industry. Sex Sextortion is a thousand times greater than that. So how much money is being generated by exploiting our children online?
3: Yeah, and uh, it can be financial and it can be just, you know, images. So the crime has evolved. And recently they have a lot of sextortion rings out of Nigeria and Ivory Coast that specifically target boys. Specifically for money, it's usually not one person. It's a gang of people or a sextortion ring. They know what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and uh, a lot of boys are getting caught in that teenage boys because they think they're meeting an uh, older female online. So they demand payments anywhere from $500 to, uh, five hundred dollars to a five thousand dollars, or you know, Amazon gift cards, Apple gift cards, anything you can think of, that's how they get paid. The whole another section of sextortion is just a quest for images and they constantly need new images. So it's not financially motivated. It's just um, that type of crime that's different than financial crime.
2: We do need to take a break. When we come back, we will go more into this documentary, things that parents should be looking out for, how to understand what their kids are being exposed to online and chats and texting. So we'll be right back with Maria Peek, who is the director and producer of Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic, and also Stephen Peek, who is also a producer and the cinematographer of the documentary. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic, which is a documentary about how sextortion is affecting our kids. Joining me today is Maria Peek. She is the director and producer of the documentary Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic. And Stephen Peek is her husband and also a co-producer and the cinematographer. So Maria or Stephen, you mentioned in the first segment that you have kids of your own and two years ago you hadn't even heard about this what sextortion was so how did you find out about it and what motivated you to make a documentary
3: So we started in the end of 2019. Uh, We have, and Stephen has several, you know, people constantly pitching projects to us because of the success of our previous films. So a group from California approached us and wanted to make a film on human trafficking and anti-human trafficking task force in Southern California. And then COVID hit. And we already started you know, researching the subject cyber crimes against kids and crimes against kids. And then when COVID hit, we kind of hit a pause and we realized we're not going to be able to travel to Southern California and do this production there. We will have to stay on the East Coast. And so we started looking for a case that kind of illustrated the most current threat towards children. And we came across this case. Uh, a friend of ours, assistant district attorney, told us about it and he said you should look into it. It reads like a thriller. It's completely crazy. And so we started looking into the case and that's how we decided to illustrate this crime in this certain way through, you know, granular level of how the case happens. We also started realizing how much biggest extortion is than human trafficking and we realized that all the kids are going online, including our children. Everybody is going to be studying online. So it's going to be even worse. And we felt compelled to tell this story in a kind of non-boring, non-lecture type of way, but, you know, engaging documentary, true crime kind of way, but it's also educational in nature.
2: Stephen, as you did some of this research and dived into, especially this one case from the attorney general, how did you not just lose it or get really emotional, especially if you're thinking about your own kids possibly being in this situation?
1: Yeah, no, that's a super question. Um, we tell people all the time that this is probably the hardest film we've ever made. Not only was it made during uh, a global pandemic and we were one of the only you know, projects filming during 2020, but it was also so personal and it was very heavy. So we had to have a really strong why. You know, and if the why wasn't strong enough, we weren't going to make it through it. You know, so I tell people when they ask me how it was making this movie, I say it was kind of like pushing a boulder up a mountain for 18 months nonstop. And that's pretty much what it was. But I think it was that lack of knowledge, like everyone that we talked to in our circles had no idea this was happening. And we also I personally had some kind of preconceived notions of who this happens to going in. So I would think, you know, it's happening to kids on the fringes of society or the foster kids or, you know, and and it turns out that's absolutely not the case. It can happen to any kid online anytime. And on the flip side, we often thought that the perpetrators were some creepy guy that still lives in his mom's basement. And in this case, it's literally a Naval Academy graduate who's one of the top air-to-air combat specialists in the U.S. Navy and a top gun. So it kind of just blew our minds of on one side who could be doing this crime and on the other side who it could be happening to. And so that pretty much kept us going even when it was so hard. And now we're realizing that this, not only was it the hardest film we've ever made, but it's also having the most impact of any film we've ever made. So Mm -hmm. coming through it and seeing you know, we just came through a 20-city tour where over 5,000 people came and watched the film across the country, and seeing the parents and teens stand up in the middle of the Q&A and say, this is happening to me, this is happening to my best friend, this is happening to my child right now, what am I supposed to do? We realized, wow, this film is really going to, you know, make the world a better place.
2: It sounds like, Maria, you had mentioned that the people who do the sex storting who are asking for money, They somehow convince a child to send them nude pictures, and then they ask for money in return not to send it out to all their friends and family. That sounds like most of that might be happening from overseas, but the ones that may not be asking for money, the predator type might be closer to home and are just, Mm -hmm. they're hidden in plain sight.
3: Yeah. And there is no really crime type. I mean, we are mini experts in this. The real experts who work this 15, 20 years in a row tell us that they tried to profile this crime type and there is no profile. You know, it's not a certain socioeconomic status. It's not a geographic area of the country. It's not a certain age. Uh, it's just. You know, certain people commit this crime because they can hide behind teen photo and because of anonymity and such a easy access to children. That's why this crime keeps happening, because most people just don't know this can even happen. And most people don't know, you know, not to let their child on social media or keep their profile completely private. Uh, Tell them not to accept any friends that they don't know in real life if they are a friend of a friend. That's how most predators get in with these kids. They befriend their friends and then they befriend them online. And then the kid thinks, oh, well, they are friends with so-and-so, so so I I should be able to trust them. And they can't because, you know, they never met them in real life. So it's just very easy to access children. You don't have to go to a playground and kidnap a child. It's online oftentimes kids don't know to keep their profiles pri- private and because they are still, you know, their brains are not developed. They are not able to tell really easily who is a friend or who is not a friend. And they're not able to tell really easily from the beginning of the conversation, are they fishing for information or they're just being friendly? So they just assume everybody is their friend and then, you know, they get burned.
2: Wow. What are some of the red flags that parents should be aware of? I don't have kids of my own, so I'm just struggling to figure out how kids get started with this to begin with. But as a parent, what should I be looking for to figure out if my child it might be in trouble?
3: You know, kids perceive relationships differently than we do. We didn't grow up with cell phones, so we didn't have friends online that we didn't meet in real life. But National Center for Missing Exploited Children just got this data in that one in three American kids has a best friend that they'd never met in real life. They only met them online. So they view relationships differently and they view taking pictures of themselves differently because they're constantly taking and posting selfies and that's normal to them, how they express themselves. So I think what parents should look for is number one, have this conversation over and over and over, show the movie, explain to them what happens, explain to them the red flags. If somebody knows everything about you, but you know nothing about them, if they saw you on camera, but you never seen them in real life, if they know where you live, where you go to school, they have all the information, all the power and you don't know anything about them and they say they're your friend, they're probably not your friend. They're probably fishing for information from you to exploit you. And it's hard for kids to understand, but because they believe these people are their friends and they're not their friends at all. You know, signs if the child changes behavior, their weight changes, they start cutting. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to go outside. Definitely red flags. We had a lot of parents from private schools here putting their kids in mental health facilities only to find out a year later that the whole reason, why they were having behavioral problem is because of sextortion.
2: One of the things we also need to be aware of is that the sextortion can lead to sex trafficking. So that's, mm-hmm. I would assume, is if this predator is closer to home, they get the child to meet them somewhere and then that's bad.
3: Yeah, that happened many times, especially like in California, but you know across the country where child met somebody online and they don't even know but several times they've tracked the predator traveling across the country because the um, homeland security or FBI they would assume the identity of the child online if child reported the crime and they would track the tra- predator their cell phone traveling across the country to meet the child. And oftentimes that's how they arrest them is when they're traveling from their city to meet the child and take them with them. Or it could be a local person. That also happens several times.
2: We need to take one more break. When we come back, we'll go over a few more things we may need to be aware of to help protect our children, but also talk about where people can watch the documentary, Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic. And joining me is Maria Peek and Stephen Peek, the director, producer, and cinematographer. <music> Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today we're talking about a difficult subject. This is sextortion where a lot of times your kids are asked to hand over money so that nude pictures they may have sent to somebody didn't get sent out to other places. But also it can mean sending out more nude photos or a predator wants to meet them somewhere for nefarious reasons. Joining me today is Maria Peek. She is the director and producer of Sextortion, The Hidden Pandemic, which is a documentary. And also Stephen Peek, also a producer on the documentary, as well as the cinema photographer. I want to go back to how we can protect our kids, or at least inform them. And Maria, in the break, you were saying that it's important for people to educate themselves. How do you just like, oh, yeah, I know all about sextortion, or what my kids should be looking out for, for sextortion?
3: Yes, we have on our film website, sextortionfilm.com, tons of resources that some of them are short five-minute video modules that you can just show a child. It says, what is extortion? And then it has a set of sample questions and answers that you can take your child through. Right now we're working on curriculum. We're gonna pilot that curriculum in Virginia for uh, independent schools and public schools. And then we're gonna take it nationwide. And it will be available through National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, appropriate for middle schools and high schools. But it's definitely a conversation that parents should have with their children in a non-judgmental kind of way. Because the reason why kids don't report is they think they're going to get in trouble and mainly with their parents because they're still children. So if the children can get it through their head, no matter what happens online, they're not going to get in trouble. Their phone will still be with them but the parent will take their side and listen to their story and help them get through this mess, I think they would be more willing to report. And also, if they report more, their friends will see what happens and will know what to avoid. So it's a kind of win-win situation. The film is really hopeful at the end. It's also rated between PG and PG-13. The government says it's PG and we say it's PG-13. So 10 plus is absolutely appropriate to see this film. And I would just encourage people to educate themselves because I think that like anything in life, if we don't know what we are protecting ourselves from, we can't protect ourselves from that. But if we know exactly how this crime happens, exactly what to look out for, I think we can you know, have meaningful interactions online without falling victim to this crime. And I think kids need to know that they are the victim and they didn't do anything wrong. The adults who are extorting them are the predators, other criminals. So sometimes they feel really guilty that they participated in, you know, this victimization and just to remove that stigma from them and talk to them about it many times. So they feel comfortable coming to you when, you know, it potentially happens to them. Or Oftentimes they would come to you and say, this is happening to my best friend. I don't know what to
1: say. I don't know how to help them.
2: Stephen, have you had this conversation with your daughter's?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's funny though, because so our 10 year old has seen the film. So we wanted to make sure, like Maria said, we were keeping the film very PG, which took a lot of work to keep it at that level. But we knew that if middle schoolers couldn't see the film, then, you know, it's too late. Right. So it's happening earlier and earlier. The The National Center is seeing cases of elementary school kids that this is happening to. So we need to have this call, you know, these conversations sooner. Uh, the other thing that w- was really impactful for us was that we were so fortunate that the Department of Justice unsealed this case for us. And so we literally got all of the government exhibits, thousands of pages of, tort- of uh, court transcripts. And we were able to, like Maria said, at a very granular level, we were able to show how this actually happened. So this case was a few years ago. So it was mostly a Facebook and a Skype case. Today, there's a ton of this stuff happening on Snapchat, a little bit on TikTok. And in five years, it's probably going to be something we've never even heard of before. But the folks on the federal you know agencies that are on the front lines working these crimes say the MO is always the same. The platforms may change, and it may be something we haven't heard of in a few years, but they're always going to be befriending and grooming and 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 learning about you and and befriending your friends so that you accept them because they have mutual friends like all of that is shown in the film very detailed so that parents and teens can know what to be looking for.
2: You said that the government unsealed this case that you are showcasing in the documentary. Why was it sealed by the government to start with?
3: Because the perpetrator was a top gun pilot in the Navy,
1: Yeah. And we were super fortunate. There were multiple production companies that wanted to tell the story because it very much is like a thriller. It's just that we won't give away the ending, but it's just a really, really crazy case. Uh, But it's so emblematic of how this is happening every single day. And so because they understood that we were coming from the why of our kids and our kids' friends, and we as parents wanted to make this something that could help stop this crime from happening, they thought we were probably the right ones to to tell the story, so we had full access to all the investigators, all the federal agents, everybody that worked on this case, um, so that we could fully tell the story you know in great detail.
2: I feel like I need to reiterate for the audience that predators hide in plain sight. And I work for a news organization, so I see the emails. I see the cases that come through of people uh, either sextorted or the sex trafficking. And we had in one week here in our state, three bishops in the church that had abused multiple kids because of their position. And while those kind of made the headlines, there are thousands of others out there that don't even hold that high of a position, but they are going after our children.
3: Yeah, definitely. And social media makes it super easy. So I do think parents should definitely think hard when they're going to allow children to be online, how they're going to allow children to be online, is their profile is going to be open or closed. They need to understand what they're really giving their child. For example, in Snapchat, if you don't turn your geolocation off, when they send their picture, their geographic location is embedded in that picture. So parents really do need to understand technology if they're going to give technology to their children. If they don't feel comfortable and don't understand it, they should not be handing the phone to a 10 year old or eight year old with unrestricted access to the Internet, Instagram, Snapchat and all the current apps because it's not safe. We think that the child is on the couch in the living room on their phone and they're physically present, but they could be getting groomed at this point. You know, and it's not some kind of fairy tale. It's just a simple fact of life. That's what happens to children, unfortunately. And we have to be very proactive how we guard them and how we keep them safe.
2: If people do want to see this documentary, where can they find it?
1: Yeah, probably the easiest thing is just to go to the film website. So it's sextortionfilm.com. There's an easy way to click on a link to say buy the film. Right now it's iTunes, Amazon, Google, you know, all of the transactionals. Um, And then all of the proceeds from the film are going to nonprofits that are working to keep our kids safe online. And then there's also uh, several of the resources that we've developed with the National Center on the website as well. And there's a very robust... Uh, phase two of those resources that's coming in the coming months that we're very excited about so that schools can be using this in health classes and, and part of making sure that kids are staying safe.
2: Thank you so much for shining a light on this subject that it is tough to talk about. It's tough to believe that our children are being exposed Or being asked to expose themselves, I guess, at such an early age. And then it's just, it's coming into your houses. You know, if the kids are in their bedroom just playing with their phone, it's happening there. It's happening in the schools if the schools don't take their phones away during class time. But thank you for shining a light on that. And I know it's a, a tough subject, but if you want more information, you want to find out how to talk to your kids about it, or even if you're not sure to talk to them, just sit them in front of the computer to watch the documentary you go to sextortionfilm.com and thank you again maria peak you are the producer and director of sextortion the hidden pandemic and stephen peak you're also a producer but the cinematographer for this documentary as well thank you so much for having us
1: yeah thank you heather
2: thanks for listening you can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com that's hke at KSL.com, and because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode.
0: Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media,
2: Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.